Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the nation, 877-973-7425. If you would like to be on the program, always happy to have you. We've got to begin in my neck of the woods. It's a big national story uh, here in uh, the Atlanta area. Fannie Willis is the district attorney who has been investigating Donald Trump's uh, involvement in the election nonsense in Georgia after 2020. She had a press conference yesterday. She said she would announce this summer whether former President Trump and his allies would be charged with crimes. She revealed the timetable in a letter to local law enforcement in which she asked them to be ready for, quote, heightened security and preparedness because her announcement, quote, may provoke a significant public reaction. She said she'll announce possible criminal indictments between July 11th and September 1st, suggesting uh, she will be indicting uh, one or more people. Quote, uh, please accept this correspondence as notice to allow you sufficient time to prepare the sheriff's office and coordinate with local, state, and federal agencies to ensure that our law enforcement community is ready to protect the public. She sent letters to uh, Darren uh, Scheibaum, Atlanta's chief of police, Matthew Kallmeyer, director of the Atlanta Fulton County Emergency Management Agency, and in the letter said, we have seen in recent years that some may go outside of public expressions of opinion that are protected by the First Amendment to engage in acts of violence that will endanger the safety of those we are sworn to protect as leaders, it is incumbent upon us to prepare. Um, this, to me, suggests she plans on indicting Donald Trump. You don't necessarily need uh, to call out the emergency management agency uh, the sheriff's department, the local police, and the state police, and say, hey, please re- prepare for possible civil disobedience. She, by the way, has started traveling with the security detail, and some members of her team wear bulletproof vests now and have panic buttons. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that she would wait until July, August, or September to do this. I figured she'd wait until Trump had the nomination, and then she would do it. Um, so it, it, it's good to some degree that, that she might do this now. And we don't know that she's indicting Trump, but she may be indicting Trump. I, and again, I, I, the Democrats and Republicans in this news piece from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution are, are both, they're all of the same mind that I am. You don't go through the process of in the end of April saying, hey, get law enforcement prepared. You've got three months to get ready uh, and not indict Donald Trump. Now, part of the reason for the delay, I am being told, is because the grand jury still has to process everything. So uh, to give you an idea of what happened, uh, Fannie Willis convened a special grand jury. The special grand jury has been looking at 
the the evidence of Trump's involvement in the election and others. We know the special grand jury recommended several indictments uh, for providing false information. We don't know who those people are. There was some speculation that there may be other indictments recommended that were not released. I personally found a little odd that the judge would allow a release of the record that showed they wanted indictments on false information to the grand jury, but wouldn't release information that showed they wanted uh, indictments on other things as well. But here we are. So you got Willis preparing to do this, and it does seem likely, given her call for police to be ready, that it's probably Donald Trump she wants to indict. Last May, this is from the uh, Atlanta Journal. Last May, as the Fulton judge selected members of the special grand jury, the federal, the Fulton Sheriff's Office blocked off vehicle traffic on the streets surrounding the courthouse and stationed deputies with guns. Snipers patrol rooftops, helicopters circled overhead. Law enforcement deployed a SWAT team to protect jurors as they returned to their cars at the end of the day. They're concerned. Now, Trump's attorneys have filed some motions to dismiss. Um, they filed a motion to dismiss that Willis was a partisan hack. They filed a motion to dismiss based on the uh, the, well, the the chief of the grand jury coming out and doing the weird interview. She's a very weird interview. Um, I don't think the judge will dismiss this stuff. I don't think he will. And I suspect more than Trump will be indicted. In fact, uh, there have been press reports and rumors in Atlanta that a number of the uh, people who were involved in the alternate uh, Electoral College members who Fannie Willis investigated are essentially throwing other members under the bus saying, hey, I want you to know this guy did X, Y, and Z. I wasn't involved, but he wanted me to be involved. So they're turning on each other as well. It's turned into a whole ordeal. But now let, let's, let's, let's move out of Georgia. And let's broaden the picture here. Um, it is, it, it's an issue of what happens with the drip, drip, drip. Because you have the Jack Smith case as well. The Jack Smith case is the federal case involving Donald Trump and the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. I'll tell you what's been reported. We haven't talked a lot about the case. One of the things that's been reported is that uh, Donald Trump was not, contrary to initial reports, Donald Trump was not taken by surprise when the FBI showed up. If, and this is a big if, you do have to acknowledge that a lot of the leaks have been against Donald Trump and they haven't been true. If it's true, though, if it's true, according to multiple reports, including from Fox News, Donald Trump was told the FBI was going to Mar-a-Lago. And one of the things the FBI agents took was the security footage, and one of the pieces of security footage shows Donald Trump rummaging through the boxes that the FBI would be inspecting, which suggests he knew there might be a problem.
At least that's the inference that they want you to make, whether it's true or not. A lot of speculation. The Republican primary polling right now is Donald Trump at roughly, roughly 50%. Roughly 50% of Republicans right now in the polling average say he's their pick for the nominee. And it spiked after Alvin Bragg's stupid case in New York. Alvin Bragg's case in New York City is a really bad case. Even the Democrats acknowledge it's a stupid case that had no business being brought. The Fannie Willis case, it's a bigger issue. The Jack Smith case, it's a bigger issue. You may think they're nothing burgers. I kind of do. They're bigger than Alvin Bragg's, but I do kind of think they're still nothing burgers. But, of course, the difference is, ah, you can't say that. How dare you undermine democracy? Blah, 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 blah. doesn't matter. What matters is they're going to bring the indictments. And Donald Trump will have soaring approval rating from the GOP. Soaring approval rating. The, the wagons will circle. The crowd will sing the amen chorus. Donald Trump will be affirmed. But what weighs on the voters over time? You have an indictment in New York. They're going to go back in December to deal with. Drip. Going to have an indictment in Georgia. Going to have to deal with that case. Drip. Going to have the Jack Smith case about the classified documents. Drip. 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 At some point, the reality sets in that he can't campaign for president because all of his money is going to pay his lawyers to defend him in court. And you may say it's unfair. And you may say these are ridiculous cases. I agree with you, by the way. I agree with you. But when he can't campaign because he's tied up in court, and all of his campaign dollars are going to his legal defense fund, at some point, Republican voters got to think, ah, can we? Can he really be the nominee against Biden? Some will, of course, say yes. Will a majority? That's where the Democrats seem to be headed. My personal thinking has been the Democrats wanted Donald Trump to get the nomination, and then they'd indict him everywhere. And he wouldn't get out of the nomination. You know how Donald Trump's pride works. He, he wouldn't resign. He wouldn't walk away. Uh, and the Democrats would have him. I'm actually kind of stunned Fannie Willis wants to bring this now instead of waiting until next year. But the drip, 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 it begins to weigh anybody down, anybody down. The rumor in Georgia among Trump's team had been that Jack Smith would say, don't indict him in Georgia, let me handle it because you don't have the budget. But it sounds like she wants to make a name for herself, and that's what's happening here. This is a political thing against Donald Trump. It's a ridiculous thing to do. We don't know that it's going to happen, but you don't go tell the police, get ready, you got two months, prepare yourselves, big things are coming. Uh, you, you don't do that. 
There's also the actual grand jury has to has to indict. See, the special grand jury could decide if it was worth indicting and then had to send it all to a real grand jury. And that real grand jury has to review all the evidence that the special grand jury prepared and decide for themselves whether it's worth indicting. And that hasn't happened yet. That's why it will take until at least July for her to get it done. But the drip, drip, drip continues over time to to add weight to the situation. And that weight interacts with gravity and pulls the man down, whether you think he's fair or not. And the question is, will Republicans decide that he's so bogged down in all this legal stuff he can't fairly run for president of the United States? And you may resent like hell that's the case, but you still got to have a guy who can run for office against Joe Biden and not just show up in court every day. And the Democrats seem to be wanting to weigh him down as best they can. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson across the nation, 877-973-7425. How's about we hop on a call with Gordon? Welcome to the show, Gordon. Hey, Eric. Hey, what's going on? I think you've got it exactly backwards. When they indicted Trump in New York, nothing happened at all like they expected. And it's the Democrats and liberals that show out when they don't get their way and burn things down. So I think she's just preparing for that when she doesn't bring the indictment. <laughs> you know, I mean, maybe that could be because um, when they released the redacted statement from the grand jury, from the special grand jury, it was only like a six page report and they didn't have in all of the data. Um, they, they left out like a page. We know that the indictments they recommended were for people who lied to the grand jury. So that could very well be the case that they're they're waiting for the the Antifa folks to burn down Atlanta because they're not going to get what they want. That's a no very plausible no theory. Now, look, I, I got to say, Gordon, uh, they're probably progressives listening here like y'all are nuts. I really I mean, have you seen the way the left reacts when they don't get their way these days? Gordon might actually be onto something. Um, thanks for that. Yeah, that's completely different perspective. That that could very well be the case. Um, when you talk to a lot of lawyers involved, um, they seem to expect um, something bad to happen. Uh, they they towards Donald Trump that Fannie Willis wants to make a name for herself. Uh, she does want to make a name for herself, so. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they try something, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how this thing shakes out. Now, I, I gotta—I wasn't gonna bring this back up, but I, I got some emails from folks, and I might as well. This uh, is this is the personal story of the saga of my Yukon. I I the day before Easter drove home from the Masters, and then it died in the parking lot of my local Publix grocery store. Had to leave it there until the Monday. The steering column completely locked up, like could not move it. And it gave an error, steering column lock error. So I had to tow it the day after Easter to the local dealership in middle Georgia. And three days later, they still hadn't looked at it because they said, oh, the steering column's locked and we got to tow it into the garage. Like I told you that was the problem. So the end of the week, I call, still hadn't looked at it. So that next Monday, I call, still haven't towed it in the garage. They've done nothing to my car a week later. The only thing wrong is the steering column. So a a listener by the name of Jim Hardman lives up in Gainesville, Georgia, owns a GM dealership. He heard me finally exasperated venting about this on the show. 
Uh, and he called, left his number. I called him back. He said he was willing to send a tow truck down, drop off a loaner because I was renting a car, uh, pick up mine, take it back to the shop. I was like, I don't want my problem to be your problem. That's that's too much of a hassle, too much of a burden. No, thank you. And he finally says, this, this one, it's not a burden. Two, it's not your problem. It's my problem, and I'm taking it over. God bless him. Talk about old-school customer service. Took my car back to his um, uh, dealership in Gainesville, Georgia, two hours from where I live. And on Thursday last week when I was in Louisville speaking of the McConnell Center, he calls me. He says, took five minutes to fix your car. <laughs> said he told his tech, and the tech said literally all they had to do was unplug the battery and plug it back in, and that would have fixed the problem. And the local dealer didn't even know to do Y'all, customer service matters. Uh, so uh, Hardman, GMC, uh, you've got a customer for life in me. Um, what what wonderful customer service. Thank you, Mr. Hardman. They they drove my car back on Saturday, took up the loaner and drove it back. And I just, I'm blown away by the quality of customer service. I, I really am. Uh, this is actually a perfect segue to tell you that's also why I'm glad to do business with Vision Computers because it's the customer service that matters. You don't get great customer service like that anymore in most places. It's a rare thing. Uh, you do there uh, with my car. It was gl- wonderful, so thankful. Everything was under warranty. Uh, and then at Vision Computers, they keep you on hold no more than 15 seconds. If you've got a computer problem, they can typically diagnose it remotely, so you don't even have to wade through traffic to take your uh, PC back to the store, but they can also custom build a PC. So you get the specs you need and want, not the ones that are just in the big box store already there for you without any customization. And then once you do, you get their managed service for a year for free. They can handle your email, your printer problems, your your Wi-Fi problems, you name it. They can take care of you. Unbelievable customer service. Now here, wherever you're listing, they can do this nationwide, not just in, in the Southeast. They can custom build a PC for you, ship it to you, and do a lot of the tech support over the phone for you and remotely into your computer. You're only on hold for about 15 seconds. Give them a call, 404-COMPUTE, or go to visioncomputers.com. 404-COMPUTE, start a relationship with this great company. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Or se- what is my... <laughs> yes, I gave it to you, right? Yeah, brain fart moment here. <laughs> okay, we, we got to move on with other news of the day because there is a lot of news. And I want to I want to step away from politics for a minute because this one just... Ah, this... this 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 story pushes all my buttons in all sorts of ways. We can step back from politics for a moment. This is from NBC News. I live in an Apple world generally other than my, my son. Um, you, you know, Vision Computers, they are an advertiser on the program. One of the reasons they're an advertiser is because I actually use them to build my son's gaming PC because... He's really, he's very into computer programming and, and the like. He plays Xbox. Um, and I'm like, I can I can get him a, a gaming PC, but I've been a little bit concerned with uh, having to do tech support for it because I used to be a Windows guy and now I'm not. And I'm like, Vision can just remotely work in and stuff, but I want to make sure that he's still safe online. And so we have tools in our house, like the rest of our Apple stuff, 
Uh, we've got uh, parental surveillance software and whatnot, and like their phones and iPads, they turn off at a certain time at night, and websites are restricted. Like the funniest thing, so my, my daughter told me uh, <laughs> she was in school. So with Apple's phones now, you, you have like parental settings, and like it blocks uh, websites that might potentially show, show in pornography and stuff. So the funniest thing is my, my daughter is 17 and in English class was trying to look up something on her phone for her teacher at her teacher's request about Moby Dick. <laughs> and she, she had to search for Moby Doc because her phone blocked her from anything about Moby Dick lest it be an adult site. <laughs> so all of her searches were about Moby Dick or Moby Doc. <laughs> but... So there's this story at NBC News that give you the heebie-jeebies. And, and then, by the way, I highly recommend, if you're a parent and you're concerned, there's Disney, of all things. It's not really from Disney, but they branded it. It was very smart. They have this app, this device called a Circle. You can connect it to your home Wi-Fi, and then it runs interference for you as your kids are trying to go out and surf the Internet on Wi-Fi. You, you can get the software for a phone so it works over the cell service, too. Uh, but it really does a good job of monitoring where your kids are going, protecting them from seeing stuff. But you got to be a hands-on parent. So there's this story. Uh, ben Gogan writes at NBC News. Just, just listen to this. The 13-year-old Utah boy hung out in the typical online spaces for someone his age. The chat app Discord, the gaming platform Roblox, and of course, Twitter. But for more than two months last year on those very same platforms, the boy was being sexually groomed by an adult who was 13 years older and hundreds of miles away. It started in private messages, then moved into public view on Twitter. It ended in a horror story. The boy's father went to check on him one night and found him missing, his window open, the bedroom freezing. The boy was allegedly abducted by the man accused of grooming him, driven across state lines, and prosecutors said repeatedly sexually assaulted. Heather and Ken McConney, the boy's parents, told NBC News they believe the kidnapping was preventable. It came after a series of missed opportunities over the span of nearly a month where they said Twitter and law enforcement failed to effectively intervene Despite an abundance of information posted online, they are demanding answers. I need to move forward and figure out what the hell happened, Heather said. Where did the ball get dropped? The report is based on a review of archived online messages, state and federal court filings made in the two active criminal cases involving the suspect, interviews with the parents of the teen, interviews with law enforcement officials, who worked on the investigation into the abduction and an interview with the teen himself while his mother was president in er, present, not president. NBC News is not naming the teen because he's a minor. The McConnies reported the situation to local police in November and surrendered the boy's iPhone after discovering explicit text messages between the boy and a man believed to have gone by uh, Hunter Floofy Fox on Twitter. There's a name for you. In tweets reviewed by NBC News, the accused adult identified as a MAP, a common online abbreviation for a minor attracted person, and referred to the teen as my lamb. The teen 
and the Hunter Fox account made frequent references to the furry community, a group of people who role-play as anthropomorphized animal characters who, well, get it on with each other. 25 days before the abduction, police sent a search warrant to Twitter to learn more information about the man they believe was grooming the teen, but they misspelled the username. When the police corrected the error several weeks later, Twitter did not immediately, immediately respond. Five days later, the teen was abducted. He had photos, images of my son on Twitter. Everyone could see it. How do you not see this as a child? If you would have taken 10 seconds to go and look, you would have seen it. And if you would have just released the information, we would have been able... Okay, let me just stop right here. These stories are galling. They want to blame Elon Musk. Do you know why they want to blame Elon Musk? Because they can't blame themselves. He had photos, images of my son on Twitter. Everybody could see it. How do you not see this as a child? Everybody could see it, the mother says, but she didn't. I need to move forward and figure out what the hell happened, the mother says. Where did the ball get dropped? In your living room. Y'all, the parents are blaming Elon Musk. When Elon Musk is not in the house, Elon Musk doesn't know the kid. She and her husband didn't, they, 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 they didn't do what they should have done. She says she warned her kids not to talk to strangers and took precautions with her children's electronics. She said she didn't let them have phones until they were 12, and on their phones she used parental controls, blocking the use of certain websites and apps and requiring approval to download new applications. When her son started gravitating toward online games, she tried to watch his behavior. When he started to use the computer more and became isolated, she talked it up to teenage moodiness. What Heather didn't know was her teenage son was being groomed on apps she thought were safe for kids. This is powerful technology. It is powerful technology. It overwhelms parents. But it's not the fault of Elon Musk. Our kids aren't allowed to use Twitter. Our kids aren't allowed to use social media except Instagram. And we read the DMs. Our kids are not allowed to use Snapchat, and you can't use it in our house, nor can you use TikTok. You come to our house and try to use our Wi-Fi, those apps will not work. Doesn't make me a better parent. It doesn't. I just live in this world. And so I knew to block the my kids from having these opportunities. We 
try to pay attention to our kids and we talk to them and make them aware of these this phenomenon i feel bad for these parents feel horrible for this child but you can't blame the tech companies the tech companies didn't give the kid the phone. The tech companies didn't install the apps on the phone. The tech companies didn't do this stuff. There are predators out there. She might as well blame the highway uh, department for building the road on which the kidnapper kidnapped her child because she uses the roads too, and you know the roads aren't safe. We had, near me, had a kid killed yesterday because a man decided to pass a school bus. And the kid was going to the school bus, and he ran the kid over. Do you blame the man who drove, or do you blame the road and the highway department for building the road? I'm sorry for the parents, but this, this I, I, I want to, uh, Elon Musk is getting a lot of attention, and I want to blame him for my child being abducted. That doesn't fly with me. And the problem here is that when you do this, you undermine your own culpability in the situation and you give other parents a license to undermine their own culpability when something like that happens. There, by the grace of God, go I and my wife with our kids. Tell you one of the things that I did because my kid's not listening, I can say this. For a time, when my kid was younger, had a duplicate device because you know one of the worries is uh, what if you're what if they're deleting the messages? It's not a duplicate device, so all the messages were going to both devices. So even if you deleted it, the push alert stayed. The push alert still stayed, so you could see the messages. So I, I could make sure that that there was no problem, and there was no problem. But it's hard for parents. I get that. And your kids want it. My my son, I'm under extraordinary pressure from my son at this moment to get him a phone so that he can chat with his friends. He has a friend, a good friend whose parents have moved to London, and his friend has an Android device. And my son is on an iPhone with his iMessage account, but he doesn't have a cell service. So you got to use his iMessage account, and only people with an iPhone can, can message him. Uh, so his his friend in London's kind of cut off from him unless he gets on Discord, and there's no way on God's good earth I'm letting my kid on Discord. And he's pushing me for a cell phone, and I may may buckle at some point, but not yet. He's not driving. He doesn't need a phone. Y'all, my heart breaks for this family. Law enforcement didn't take it as seriously as they should have. But I'm just telling you, it is not Elon Musk's fault that someone kidnaps your kid when they go online. You have to be engaged. You have to take responsibility. And you have to be strong enough to say no to your child who insists they must have access to this technology because all their friends have access to this, this technology. You must be willing to say, no way. Hunter Floofy Fox, his Twitter bio, I write stuff, check out my book. 
male gay monogamous taken by my one and only love, my sweet lamb. I love you, my prince. Stay positive and totally into furries. Oh, my. Um, there are bad people in the world, and they all use the Internet. And you should be very, very careful when your kid goes on the Internet. What you should not do is when bad things happen, run out to NBC News and say it's Elon Musk's fault because it's not. The technology itself is bad, and you should do your best to avoid it and keep your kids off of it. You'll live a healthier, safer, happier life. Now, let's talk about your kids in a different way. You want to teach them financial skills. I'm actually, this is kind of cool. Uh, Sensibles is a great way to teach your kids about financial uh, wherewithal. When they're kids, 6 to 12, age 6 to 12, Sensibles, it's a team of animated superheroes. They develop smart money habits in a fun way. It's a great way to begin your kid's journey in learning the power of money and also the responsibility of money, Sensibles. Uh, and you can go to BeSensibleSmart.com. The scent is like a penny cent, C-E-N-T. So it's B-B-E, cent, C-E-N-T, Sable, S-A-B-L-E, smart.com. I know, kind of complicated, but the sensible characters, they wanted to tie this in. You can buy a subscription for your loved one. Each month they get a Sensibles kit in the mail. They get an entertaining DVD, a comic book, activities. Digital subscriptions are available. They get access to an interactive website, library of lessons. They're fun activities. This is age appropriate for kids 6 to 12. If you want your children early on to learn good financial management skills, this is a great, great place for them to go. It's very interactive. The, the tools are very easily accessible to kids. They're understandable by kids. Uh, it's a great concept. If you want 20% off a monthly subscription, visit BeSensibleSmart.com. Enter the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. It is sent, again, C-E-N-T. So be sensible is B-E-C-E-N-T-sible.com, uh, BeSensibleSmart.com. It's a great, great program. Uh, they make it fun and interactive. The kids get engaged in the programs. And then and then they start asking you the questions about savings accounts and things like that. Where can they put money aside safely and learn how to do budgeting? And It's a great program to start your kids early on finance, something we don't get enough of in public schools. Even private schools don't do enough of it. Well, BeSensibleSmart.com does. BeSensibleSmart.com. Uh, the great animated superheroes teach your kids financial management skills. Use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, for $20 off the monthly subscription. It is BeSensibleSmart.com. That is the website. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here around the country. This hour is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Wherever you are nationwide, if you need your business to grow and you're having trouble dealing with other lenders, they're giving you the runaround. First Liberty makes their own lending decisions. They've been helping businesses grow since the 1990s, early 90s for that matter. The Frost family is fantastic at this. If you're buying a building, building a building, growing a franchise, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com, firstlibertyga.com. Don't let the GA turn you off. They are in Georgia, but they can help you nationwide. Any listener in the U.S., if your business needs to grow, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Let's see here. Do I have time? Uh, yeah, I think I do. I want to go to Sandy's phone call. Sandy, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. What's going on? Uh, I was just going to say, I could not agree with you more on Discord. That is a horrible, horrible app. 
Mm-hmm. I have three times uh, for grooming. Red, if once you can configure through and figure out how the messages work on there, and it, it's just horrible. I've taken my phone from my fifth. Well, she's fifteen now, um, and she still doesn't have a phone. It is totally the parent's responsibility. If you give them that technology, you've got to stand behind it and and follow up. Mm-hmm. Discord game, even with gaming. First, it started with gaming. And then, well, you got to have Discord to talk to other gamers. And mm-hmm. it, it it's just, that is a horrible app. That, Snapchat, I don't, yep. she can't have anything. She's got a school-provided computer that they, they watch. I mean, like, she had tried to look up a book or something. I, I, I noticed that you had said that your daughter had tried at school, yeah. too, and it was blocked. But it's it's yeah, I mean, and, it's so overwhelming and, and nefarious. There, Sandy, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, I got to let you go there because I've got about 15 seconds here. But yes, thank you for echoing that, y'all. It, it's a real problem. Discord is don't let your kids on Discord. Uh, Snapchat is is just not a good place for kids to be, and TikTok is just an indoctrination tool of the communists.